Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I'm so happy to be with you. I say the same thing every day. Every day it is true. I'm thrilled that we could be together over the internet, over the radio, live podcasts, um, through the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News and uh, their Facebook pages. And it's just wonderful. LifeSite News, many of you know, has been permanently banned on YouTube and uh, there's other... Um, organizations now they go through I should read that to you one day but you don't need that just go to LifeSite News um, and dot uh, com and, and you will see how to get them and I strongly suggest you subscribe to them uh, for the, the best news station in the world as far as I'm concerned and uh, the Station of the Cross iCatholic radio app is the number one you can trust anything that comes from them and that is huge that is huge and that's why i'm with them i don't have to worry about it and they don't censor me and i'm a happy camper so we should be happy campers together (laughs) Um, yesterday we began on the first class feast of saints peter and paul we began to read the letter that the apostle paul wrote to the first church it's the corinthians that he founded he wrote them two letters, First and Second Corinthians, and he wrote them because, um, oh, he would have written them anyway if they were doing well, but they weren't doing well. Uh, they were supposed to be in the world and not of it, but in fact, um, they didn't. Uh, they didn't succeed in being out of the world, and the world was not out of them. And so Paul wrote them on his missionary journeys. He wrote them First and Second Corinthians, and they were all just the Christians, all kinds of divisions within the church he founded. Uh, sexual immorality, um, pride, all kinds of things. And he was, he was heartbroken. He could, uh, so soon you'd turn from Christ. You can't do that. So he said, I appeal to you. We'll just pick up on the couple of verses where we left off and we'll go on because this is our situation today. It's insane. 2,000 years later, and we're still living in the same immorality. Christians, Catholic Christians, these were Catholic Christians. No other church but the Catholic Church that our Lord found. And these were the Christians. These were the first Christians of the church. And they actually were converted and founded in a time of tremendous idolatry, immorality, a very sinful, wicked culture. And maybe they had a little more to deal with than a lot of uh, us or others who were raised in a fairly moral society, although I don't know if we could find those today anymore. But um, they went back to their old lifestyles. And Paul is saying, I appeal to you, I beg you, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, all of you agree that there be no dissensions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. Now, I want to interrupt to say that everyone's talking about unity today. Uh, 
There's no unity apart from truth. That's the end of the story. There is no unity apart from truth. We can do many good social things together. Jews and Catholics and um, Protestants and all kinds of faith can get together and uh, feed the poor and do all kinds of things. Um, but that and is a good thing. But that's not the unity our Lord is talking about. If there's no unity in Christ, in Christ, in the truth himself, there's no unity. Um, and so I appeal um, that all of you agree that there be no dissensions among you, that is, among you who have come to believe in Christ, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there's quarreling among you, my brethren, which there is among us, beloved. And it, it's heartbreaking. What I mean, Paul says, is that each one of you says, I belong to Paul. I belong to Apollos. I belong to Cephas. I belong to Christ. And Paul says, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? And he says, I'm thankful that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, lest anyone should say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the house of Stephanus, but beyond that I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. But the point Paul's making is it doesn't matter. No one was baptized. Even if they were baptized by Paul, they were not baptized in Paul's name, but in the name of Christ. And in fact, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the name, not the names, uh, the Trinity, the triune God of Abraham. For Christ did not send me, Paul says, to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. If we preach with human wisdom, uh, then we don't preach Christ, and the cross is meaningless. And gospel, you know, I think in our day, dear ones, um, even the gospel, the word gospel is so misunderstood, misused. People are preaching a social welfare gospel and a, um, a gospel that says God wants us to love everyone and all of that. No, 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 no. The word gospel means good news. It only means one thing. Um, it is the good news that apart from God, we are all, every single one of us, doomed to hell. Apart from God, we are all doomed to hell. We enter this world separated from God. That's what original sin is from our first parents, Adam and Eve. We were born into original sin, which means spiritual separation from God. All of us. And... If we leave the world that way, we'll be separated from him in hell through all eternity. There's no other way to be separated from God but to be in hell for all eternity. There's no such thing as annihilation. There's no such thing as reincarnation. Um, we are born physically from our parents but into original sin. And we must be born again uh, from above. That's what... Uh, Jesus' conversation is with Nicodemus in, um, in the Gospel of John. 
we must be born again. And Nicodemus says, come on, how could I be born again? I can't go back in my mother's womb. And Jesus said, you, Nicodemus, a teacher of Israel, a Pharisee, you don't know what I'm talking about. We must be born of water and the spirit, he says to Nicodemus. We must be born of water and the spirit. And so um, that is to be born from above. So we're born physically through our human parents, our human mother. But we must be born again spiritually from above by God. We must become his spiritual children. We must, um, uh, how do I say, in our individual lives, the curse uh, put upon Adam and Eve and their children has to be reversed. And that is through baptism. And uh, Jesus says to Nicodemus, you must be born of water and the spirit. In my Protestant years, I was taught that that's symbolic. We ask Jesus into our heart and we're born again. No, we must be baptized water and the spirit. And water, as the Catholic sacraments teach, Water doesn't save anybody. God saves. But he saves through the sacraments he has ordained. So a sacrament is an, um, how do we say, a visible sign of an invisible reality. Water is a visible sign. And water gets us wet. But as we obey God, and he says through baptism in water and the Spirit... As we go into the water, or the water is poured over us, either way is not an issue, then God does through the water or in the water what baptism, what water signifies. Water signifies cleansing. And so when we are baptized with water, it is God's Spirit who cleanses us through that water, through our obedience from original sin and and pours into us his life and makes us a child of God. And we we talked about this in part yesterday. We are sealed for the day of redemption. Once we are baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, not simply in the name of Christ, if you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ only, you are not saved. You must be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit three persons in one God and with water. And if you are, then you are sealed for the day of redemption. You are a child of God, not only physically, who created you through your mother's womb, but spiritually from above. It's what the Spirit came in and made you a new creation in Christ. At baptism, as I said yesterday, whether you're a minute old or a hundred years old, it makes no difference. You belong to God. And you need to grow in grace and in the nurture of Jesus Christ and the understanding of his word and the understanding of his church and the home on earth he prepared for you while he prepares a place in heaven for those who don't turn from him. So there's the music, dearest, for our first break. We'll take your calls, your email, your text after the second break. And the toll-free number to call is one 877 511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back.
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. The Station of the Cross appreciates the generosity of our supporters. We are committed to keeping our donors' accounts up to date. If there have been changes made to your payment information, please call us so that we can update your account. 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. Or update your information online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your generous support of Catholic Radio. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, I'm so thrilled to be with you. And again, uh, after the next break, we'll take your calls, your emails, your texts, and I look forward to to speaking with you. Um, We were just speaking about, we're at the beginning of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Corinthians. We're in 1 Corinthians. Hold on a moment. And um, Paul is speaking to the first church that he founded that's living in a world uh, it, it, I don't know if the debauchery in Paul's day is worse than it is in our day. Um, we are so, we're living, I, 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 the only analogy I keep drawing is the frog in, in warm water. You know how happy he is if you put a frog in warm water, his body adjusts and he's very, very happy. And if you put him in a huge pot of warm water and you put the pot on the stove, he's really happy. And you turn the light on the stove, the fire on simmer, and he doesn't detect that. But the water gradually, gradually heats up. And as it heats up ever so slowly, uh, the frog keeps adjusting until he boils to death without knowing that he's boiling to death. I think we are in that situation. Now, if we, especially as Christians, as Catholics, we uh, walk with God, we have the Spirit of God guiding us, 
we have a, a good sensitivity to evil. But those who even claim to be Catholic and live as if there's no God, they're not going to be so um, prone to feel the evil and the water heating up. We are in such an evil world that to me, even shockingly, again, I've said this to you before, I just, all I have to do, I have a subscription to LifeSite News, they have three versions, and I get them every day, and uh, with all their headlines, it, it, it's rarely that one headline doesn't stab me in the heart, still, because of the evil uh, from without the church, I understand, but from within the church, that is just so awful. And it is what um, Pope Paul VI said last century, that the smoke of Satan has entered the church, because it is the church. And the scriptures speaking about the last days and the last times when men's hearts will grow cold and bishop against bishop and will be led astray by heretics and all that, we're living it. We're living it now. But there are things that are so awful, children being taken out of their homes, um, just all kinds of awful things, that um, it's, it's, it's as if we're reading The Twilight Zone. And it's hard to believe that we are in the middle of this because it may not touch us immediately and personally. We're still reading about it. It might be in England or, or in Philippines. Um, everyone in the Philippines who won't receive the COVID vaccine uh, will be put in jail. And their jails are, are horrid, filthy places. So, um, <clears throat> but I, every time I read that, I know that it, it probably coming to a neighborhood near us. Um, and, and we are, we just, we keep, you know, if we, it's as if we see someone on the street. I remember a film on Mother Teresa uh, two films on her, beautiful films. And on one of them, there was, she got on the train, and uh, both of them actually uh, portrayed a dying man full of maggots, everything, lying on the train station. And the train has come, and thousands of people are walking around this man. They just walk around him because he's in their way. He's lying there dying. And he's in their way, so they just walk around him. And then Mother Teresa sees him, and she kneels down to him. Um, and she hears the voice of Christ through him. And that's how God eventually draws her to the poorest of the poor, um, to Christ in his um, distressing disguise. But we keep doing that. We see evil. We walk by it. I'm seeing videos today of the news, of videos of people being bit, beaten in the street. But just anybody, anybody, someone with a gun, they decide to shoot someone because they don't like their looks. Or someone coming and beating a woman, they don't know her. They just, maybe she's a race that they don't want, a, from a country that they don't want, and they beat her up. And people, I see it in the video, walking around, watching this. They don't save her. They don't stop her. It, it's, it's just Twilight Zone. People want to protect themselves, and there's, no, there's hardly any interest for protecting others and getting ourselves in danger. So why did I get into all that? I don't know, because the Corinthians, to whom Paul wrote, were as corrupt as we are today. 
I don't know if it was as violent as we are today, but certainly as corrupt morally. And so <clears throat> Paul is saying to them, there's all divisions, because now they're Christians and they're saying, I was baptized by Paul. Well, forget that. I was baptized by Cephas. Uh, and someone says, forget the two of you. I was baptized by Christ in, in pride. And, and Paul says, what are you, what are you doing? Uh, what are you doing? Is Christ divided? <clears throat> Absolutely not. And, and Paul says, Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied in its power. For the word of the cross is folly, foolishness, to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God, for it is written, Christ has written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will thwart. And he goes on to say, where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has God not made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. Boy, I tell you, uh, folly to Gentiles because they, uh, Paul's saying at that time, they considered themselves great philosophers and um, they would not, a man would not be God. And to Jews, because a man is not God. It's just insane. Um, a stumbling block to Jews. And I want to say, if you're Jewish out there, my dear ones, um, I can repeat the words of Paul, so am I. And I am the most Jewish a Jew could be because I'm Catholic. Because Jews waited for 2,000 years for the Jewish Messiah. And according to the prophecies of the prophet Daniel, he did come, as the scripture said, and in the fullness of time, he did come 2,000 years ago. He came to establish his kingdom, not a visible kingdom on earth, but his kingdom in the hearts of men. He came for that. And the scriptures say he came to his own, who were the Jews. He came through the Jews as the son of David uh, for the Jews, but those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as did receive him, and the first ones who received him were Jews, to them he gave the power uh, he gave the power to become children of God. If you're Jewish, dear ones, and you're waiting for the Jewish Messiah, that's a very good thing to do. But his name is Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. He did come. He came to put away sin. He will return again, not too far from now, to set up his kingdom on earth to those who have received him and whose uh, his kingdom lives in their hearts. Um, the prophet Zechariah said, uh, when he comes again the second time, it won't be as some have said the first time for Jews and Christians. There's no way. He came the first time uh, to put away sin. And the second time he'll come to set up his kingdom, a physical kingdom on earth. And the prophet Zechariah says, um, they shall look when he comes again 
they shall look upon him whom they have pierced, the Jews, whom they have pierced, and mourn for, the, mourn for him as one mourned, mourns for an only son. Did the Jews put Christ to death? They did. Did the Romans, the Gentiles, put Christ to death? They did. You know who else put Christ to death? I did. Because he came to die for sins. Jesus said, no one takes my life. I lay it down of my own self. He came to die. And the Romans put the nails in and the Jews yelled, crucify him. It's, he died for us all. And if he didn't die for you, beloved, then you're in bad shape. You don't have a savior. Um, and so he chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And I go through life as a happy, 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 foolish thing. <clears throat> and Paul says, um, the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your call, brethren. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. None of us can boast. I was a good person, so God chose me. I don't know. Maybe you could say that, but not I. Not I. Why did God choose me? I have no idea. Will I ever know the other side of heaven? I have no idea. Do I deserve hell? Absolutely. Why did God open my heart to believe, to love, uh, to convert, to want to live for him with every cell of my being? I I know he's a God of love and I bless him, but why not others? I have no idea. I have no idea. I only know to whom much is given, much is required. And I've been given much, and if you are a Catholic, so have you. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ, in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom, our righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boasts of the Lord. Is there a single Christian on earth who can boast that they believe that they are in Christ? Is there a single Christian in the world who can criticize anybody for their unbelief? They cannot. Because if you criticize someone for their unbelief, then you take credit for your belief. And you can't do that because it's a gift. No one could believe of their own. No one can call Christ Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And he comes as a gift. You can ask him. You can beg him. You can pray to him. You can say, Lord, I want to believe. Help my unbelief. Make me your child. Do whatever you need to do in my life that I can become a Catholic Christian and know the love you have for me and spend eternity with you. Okay, dear ones, there's the music for our second break. 
Call in with anything on your heart. We'll be right back. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show, joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time, weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We'll see you then. Praise be to Jesus. We offer several ways to view our programming grid, including at our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour all together. Um, and I'm thrilled uh, to be able to speak with you and answer as much as I can of your questions through email or text. Um, and our toll-free number is one 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the <clears throat> We have a text from someone who writes in anonymously and says, hold on now. Hello, Mother Miriam. I am a 35-year-old single man in the faith for two years. I am courting a pious Catholic woman. Should I inform her <clears throat> of my past sexual sins that I have received absolution for? Not necessarily. Um, if your conscience bothers you, or if you have led a sexual lifestyle such as homosexuality or uh, pornography that might uh, be a temptation in your marriage and your future life, it's something you might want to share with her as your relationship becomes more serious. Don't share that right off the bat with anybody. That makes no sense. 
<clears throat> you could say to her, um, I want you to know I became a Catholic two years ago and um, I hardly avoided any uh, sin uh, that you could think of I was engaged in. Um, but God has washed me clean and um, I want to live for him the rest of my life. You can just do that in, in general. Um, and if she says, could you give me an idea or were there sexual sins, you can just let her know. Um, but I, I would just be uh, sensitive to the situation. If she brings it up, yes. But again, you can just tell her that in general. <clears throat> Unless, again, if you were addicted, let's just say, to pornography and you're not quite sure that you're free of it, that would be a good thing to, probably to tell her and say, you know, I'm, I'm done with it um, or I've sought counseling or I'm, God has freed me from it and all of that. But I want you to know uh, it's been a part of my past just so you don't feel deceived in any way. Um, whatever. So, so I would, I would just use your judgment on that. It's not a should, it depends upon the situation. And again, um, I would wait until you get a little more seriously. It's not something you would announce right from, uh, right from the beginning. We have an email from Tony. Um, and he writes, Dear Mother, this is Tony the Protestant. How sweet you are. Hello, Tony the Protestant, my friend. Tony writes, Thank you for answering my questions a few weeks ago about St. Faustina and the wrong things the SSPX are saying about her. <clears throat> he says, I have some new questions. I have moved far beyond sola scriptura as a Protestant. That's great. And I am reading the works of the early church fathers. That's also great, Tony. And I find them accurate. They interviewed first and second-hand witnesses to the life of Jesus. I'm reading in particular about the life of Mary, since Protestants say nothing about her. She was just any ordinary girl. <coughs> Excuse me. A little frog in my throat this morning. Uh, let me just say, Tony, in my um, strong evangelical Protestant years, um, she was she was an ordinary girl, but she, we we know that our Lord would have picked a very special ordinary girl, and not just an ordinary ordinary girl, but she had to be from the line of David in order for her to be the mother of the Messiah, who was the son of man and the son of David. And so, um, not just ordinary, and she was holy. Um, Protestants do not believe she was without sin, but um, she was uh, a very special God's choice of uh, the mother of the Messiah. And when she said in the Magnificat, um, that all generations would call her blessed. We did that once a year at Christmas when we read that passage. So quite far from the truth of what God desired for Mary. <clears throat> but she wasn't just any ordinary girl. Tony writes, my questions are about the perpetual virginity of Mary. Some Catholics I talk to are unaware that Mary maintained her virginity 
through the birth of Jesus. Isn't that awful, Tony? Sometimes, and I'll say this on my account too, the greatest stumbling block to someone looking into the Catholic Church are Catholics who don't know their faith. Not Catholicism, but Catholics who don't know their faith. So I'm sorry for that, that you've come across it, Tony, that Catholics are unaware that Mary maintained her virginity through the birth of Jesus. Some people... um, confuse the Immaculate Conception with the Virgin Birth. Um, Tony goes on. Jesus miraculously ascended out of Mary's womb. Ascended. Uh, Church doesn't use that that, uh, word. He didn't ascend. Jesus miraculously ascended out of Mary's womb by the power of God and was not born through the birth canal. Tony, that's inaccurate. And he writes, because of this, Mary felt no birth pains and was free from the curse of Eve. Absolutely not. What are you reading, Tony? Mary did, uh, Jesus was born through Mary's birth canal, which miraculously stayed intact, um, which is how she remained a virgin. As she came through that, Jesus came through that birth canal the way he came through the burial clause, and they were still there intact. No, um, that was a miracle of God that Jesus came through Mary's birth canal and that she remained intact and remained a virgin. I don't know what you read. And that you said, because of this, Mary felt no birth pains and was free from the curse of Eve. No. Mary was free from the curse of Eve at the moment of her conception in her mother's womb. It's called the Immaculate Conception. At the very moment of Mary's conception in her mother Anne's womb, she was freed. It's a singular miracle of grace that God did. She was freed from the curse of Adam and Eve at that moment. And so Mary was born without sin And though she could have sinned, she never did. So I don't know what you're reading, but you have to read some other books. Um, And uh, Tony goes on to say, the midwife Salome did not believe this and reached to examine Mary's physical virginity and God withered her hand and allowed no one to touch Mary's womanhood, thus maintaining Mary the most pure of all virgins. I've never heard that before. Uh, I've never heard it before. um, I've read many books on Mary. I don't know what you're reading or where you're getting that from. Um, If it's true, um, I just can't even imagine um, anyone allowing that to happen to Mary. I, I just can't imagine it. And Tony says, I've been told by Catholics that I cannot believe this story about Salome because it is not in the Bible. Forget that. There's many things that are not in the Bible. Apostle John wrote that if all that was written down that happened, uh, the, the world's books couldn't contain. It doesn't have to be in the Bible. I told them that they sound like Sola Scriptura Protestants, and yes, they do. And Catholics believe other writings and not just the Bible. We don't believe other writings are infallible, Tony, but we we believe the whole Bible, which includes seven plus books that Luther threw out of the Catholic of the Protestant Bible. Tony says, "I think Mary's the most beautiful woman that ever existed." You are right, and I love her. Good. I now pray reverently ten Hail Marys every day. 
Thank you, Tony the Protestant. P.S. Thank you um, last time for your engineer emailing me when your answer aired. Please do so again this time. Yes, Tony, he's, he's standing by to do that. Tony, I'm going to suggest you get three books on Mary. <clears throat> they're, they're kind of beginner's theology, but they are, you know, just as Scripture is for a three-year-old, it's also for a 90-year-old scholar. Um, and so... Um, I suggest you get three books by Dr. Mark Miravalli, M-I-R-A-V-A-L-L-E, and they're all on Mary. Um, one is an introduction to Mary. The other is Mary as co-redemptrix, co-advocate, co-mediatrix. And the third one that I cannot remember what it is. Get anything Dr. Mark Miravalli has written on Mary. And... Um, and I would say one other book, um, or it's a tape set actually, by uh, Tim Staples, Apologist for Catholic Answers, called Behold the Woman. Uh, I think it's a CD set, Behold the Woman. Just go on catholic.com and their shop, and you will get much on Mary. That is absolutely trustworthy. God bless you, Tony. <clears throat> We have a call from Ty in Rochester. Hi, Ty. Hello. Hi, are you there, you dear doing? one? Hi. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing great, yeah. Ty. Yeah. yeah Go so, ahead, sweetie. Yeah. yeah. So I um so I was you know listen, I was listening to you on the radio and and I heard you uh you you made a statement that uh, those who were who were baptized in Jesus' name um, are not saved. I believe that's what you said. I did say that because we need to be named, we need to be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We need the Trinitarian formula. That's Catholic teaching. Oh, according to Catholic teaching. So what? According to what I, God I, has I, given us. Okay. So yeah, no, I I just I mean you know I, I I'm not trying to you know be here to you know you know to to debate the debate or it's just, I trust I your heart, Ty. I I can hear that yeah. you're such you. I hear it. I hear your heart. You are a wonderful soul. So I trust you completely. Don't worry about that. I know. Yeah, but I I feel like it's unfair to condemn like a whole you know. You know, there's plenty of people who were baptized in Jesus' name, and even the the apostles, you know, themselves You're right, baptized in Jesus' name. And you know, so I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't even condemn people who baptize in the name of the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I wouldn't say they're not saved. You know, but in you know, I just feel like again, Here's, it's unfair to say that those who who were baptized in Jesus' name are not saved. I feel like that's you know. Uh, a bit of a read. I got you. I got you, Ty. Um, you know, um, I'm not condemning anyone, my dear. Uh, just as if you say to somebody, you have to be baptized to be saved, you're not condemning them. Uh, if we obey and follow God and his word, uh, then we are, then we are saved. Um, I, I understand that there are churches that baptize only in Jesus' name. In fact, some years ago, Ty, 
um, because the Mormon baptism, I believe, is only in the name of Jesus, um, because they don't believe in the Trinity, the church determined that Mormon baptisms are not valid. Uh, there are there are others, preachers and bishops and others, who were not baptized in the, in the Trinity, and so they had to be rebaptized. So, I would say this: the Church teaches, and and you know, dear Ty, that I believe that it is the Church Christ founded that we must be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, so anyone who is baptized simply in the name of Jesus could go to almost any church and be rebaptized or conditionally baptized in the name of the Trinity. Um, the other thing is that St. Augustine said that we are bound by the sacraments. God is not. So it's up to God to judge those things. I condemn no one. I simply teach what God has given the church. Yeah, I mean, you said it yourself. It's, it's, it's God who saves. Yeah. It's only God who saves as we obey his word. Can if the cares and anxieties of life are weighing you down, come to the St. Thomas More House of Prayer and allow the Lord to refresh your soul. The St. Thomas More House of Prayer is a Catholic retreat center devoted to praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. You'll find a tranquil atmosphere that's ideal for deep prayer, whether as an individual or for a group retreat. We're located at 365 Hill City Road in Cranberry, Pennsylvania. Make your reservation today or learn more at liturgyofthehours.org. You can also call us at 814 814- Six seven six one nine one zero. That's eight one four six seven six one nine one zero. We would love to help you experience the liturgy of the hours and discover the prayer that will change your life. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live. Um, we have a little over 10 minutes, and you're still welcome to call in. We have Ty from Rochester on the phone. Are you still there, my brother? 
Yes, yes, I am. Oh, uh, thanks for hanging on, Ty. You know, during the break, I looked up um, an article for you that does explain um, the early Christians talking about being being baptized in the name of Jesus. It's a little lengthy. May I read it to you? Uh, Sure. Ty, sure, let me read it because it, it may answer what we're talking about. Uh, what church do you belong to, by the way? D- what denomination? Uh, it's uh, you don't have uh, to tell me. Protestant, it, yeah, it's Protestant. Yeah, it's Protestant, right? Right. No, no. Well, I understood that, so it's not an issue in the world. Um, and and you may know, Ty. I was uh, from a Jewish background and in evangelical Protestantism for eighteen years, trying to save Catholics before I became one. So um, I understand uh, quite a bit, but not enough. Uh, I haven't been in all denominations. So let me just say um, <clears throat> what the early church believed about Trinitarian baptism in the Father, the name of the Father, the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, because it's one God in three persons. I think you believe that. Um, I'm guessing you believe that. Uh, from what you've said. And so let me just read this. Um, and I'm reading it um, from the the website, Ty, just in case we don't go through the whole thing. I don't want to, you know, keep you too long. But it's catholic.com. Um, and uh, right on the top, they have a um, search box if you go onto that website. And I typed in... Um, uh, baptism in the name of the Father and the Son. And the, is it necessary, I typed in, to baptize in the name of, of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? And I got this, what the early church believed um, about Trinitarian baptism. And it says, for a sacrament to be valid, three things have to be present. The correct form, the correct matter, and the correct intention. With baptism... The correct intention is to do what the church does. The correct matter is water, and the correct form is the baptizing in, quote, Matthew 28, in the name, singular, of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, uh, it goes on to say, not all religious organizations use this form, and he goes on, in fact, Jehovah's Witnesses sometimes use no formula at all in their baptism, and even um, an even larger group, the Jesus-only, quote-unquote, Pentecostals, baptize in the name of Jesus. And he, it says this, now this is going to be against what you're saying, Ty, so ha, bite your teeth and, or grit your teeth or do something and uh, hang on. He says, as a result, the baptisms of these groups are invalid. Thus, they are not Christian, but pseudo-Christian. Now, again, um, Ty, and I, I'm going to continue this article, but but I want to say, first of all, that God holds us accountable for what we know, not what we don't know. And when we were, when we believed in, truly believe in God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we believe uh, in the Christian God, who is a Trinitarian God, three persons in one God. And we're baptized in the name of Jesus because that's what the Scripture says. God is not going to uh, hold us accountable for what we don't know. But... Um, if God gives us the opportunity to know the truth, then then out of love for him and a true faith, we want to follow that. And so 
the article goes on to say both groups also reject the Trinity. Jehovah's Witnesses claim that Jesus is not God, a heresy known as Arianism, um, and the Jesus-only Pentecostals claim that there is only a single person, that is Jesus, in the Godhead, and that's a heresy known as Sibelianism. Um, it came out in the third century. Um, let me just see that. Uh, so he goes on to talk about Jesus-only Pentecostals. Um, uh, note that Jesus told the apostles to baptize in the name, singular, of the Father and the Son and the Spirit. But they make the mistake, this is the Pentecostals, of a, not all Pentecostals, but quote, unquote, Jesus-only. They make the mistake of assuming that name is Jesus. So it's uh, they baptize singularly in the name of the Father, Son, and the Spirit, but they assume that that name is Jesus, that Jesus represents all three, and he does not. And he said, therefore, there they might not be a single name that Jesus has in mind at all, um, uh, just as when we say stop in the name of the law, we don't have a personal name in mind. If... He, um, Oh, it goes on to say so much. Um, Jesus-only Pentecostals uh, also argue that the New Testament talks about people being baptized, quote, in the name of Jesus, unquote. But there are only four such passages in Acts 2.38, Acts 8.16, Acts 10.48, and Acts 19.5. Further, these passages do not use the same designation in each place. Some say Lord Jesus, others say Jesus Christ, indicating that they were not technical formulas used in the baptism, but simply descriptions by Luke. These four descriptions are not to be considered as a substitute for or contradiction of the divine command of the Lord Jesus Christ to make, this is it, Matthew 28, tie to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You probably know that verse by heart. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, To baptize in the name of the Trinitarian formula of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that is known as, I'm sure you know, the Great Commission. The phrase, quote, baptized in the name of Jesus, unquote, is simply Luke's way to distinguish Christian baptism from other baptisms of that time, such as John's baptism, John the Baptist, um, or Jewish proselyte baptism, and the baptisms of pagan cults. Um, it also indicates the person into whose mystical body baptism incorporates them, Romans 6.3. So we are incorporated into the body of Christ without any question. But um, uh, uh, it is, dear one, dear Ty, uh, from the early church, and again, the Great Commission, uh, the final word at the end of again, Matthew's Gospel, we need to go into all nations um, teaching them to observe all that Jesus taught them and baptizing them in the name, singular, of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Um, so, Ty, my dear brother, your heart is, uh, you love God, you love Christ. I, I don't even know you, but I hear it. So, 
my thought for you would to be, Lord, I don't know that the Catholic Church is the true church, uh, but this seems to be at least the partial teaching of, of Scripture, um, certainly in Matthew 28. So I love you. I want to follow you with my whole heart. Please show me if it's true. And if you find it, or if you even doubt it, dear Ty, just go to another Protestant church. You don't have to go to the Catholic church and ask to be baptized truly in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, Just because you say, Father, God, I want to honor you. And if this is what you wish, I don't want to not do it. Are you there, Ty? Yeah, I'm here. You're a good listener, sweetheart. I'm so sorry that I spoke so long. I didn't give you a chance to respond because that's our closing music. But um, we're here tomorrow. So um, if you call in first thing tomorrow, I'll take your call before any others. And and we can continue. Read the article at catholic.com before you call in if you want to. And we'll talk tomorrow, I hope. God bless you, Ty. We'll speak to you all tomorrow. Bye-bye.